Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go a little bit different direction, just at least for a few minutes this morning than, uh, than what I had planned. Turn with me, if you would, over to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel. Glory to God. And we'll look at the fourth and the fifth chapters. You just turn to the fourth chapter. You know what? Uh, something that's been stirring on the inside of me the, uh, the last little while. And while we were singing this song this morning about the great I am, if you, if you know the history of, of, uh, of the Old Testament, you know that when God raised up Moses to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt, that uh, God sent Moses to Pharaoh and to uh, tell him that uh, he must let God's people go so that they might go into the wilderness and worship the Lord. And uh, Moses said, well, you know, who, who, who am I? Who am I to go before Pharaoh? What's my authority? Well, who do I even tell him sent me? Why, why am I here? And God told Moses, he said, you tell him that I am who I am. Said, let my people go. Well, you know, Pharaoh didn't go along with it. The I am who I am didn't impress him a whole lot. And he said, no, I'm not going to let him go. And so I am showed up and began to uh, cause different curses to fall on the land. And uh, Pharaoh would relent and say, okay, I'll, I'll let your people go out for a, a little while. But then he would renege and, and go back and say, no, you can't go. And so I am would show up again. And I am got, got uh, more persuasive as time went by. And eventually, the great Pharaoh, king of Israel, had to acknowledge, you know, there's a God in heaven. And uh, the affairs of man are not under the control of man at all times, particularly ungodly men. He, he, he had to acknowledge that there's a God in heaven and he raises up and he puts down, he establishes someone, he brings them low, he calls, amen, and things happen. And uh, the, the Lord reminded me that of this morning and something that, uh, that I had seen. You know, we're, we're living in a day right now in our nation. Our nation is so messed up. I, I mean, our, our culture is so twisted, so confused. People don't even, people are arguing over which bathroom to go to. People don't know if they're male or female. My God, I mean, when you were born, the most fundamental identity you had, the doctor pulled you up and said, it's a boy, it's a girl. That's about as basic as it gets. But when you have, let me tell you something. Hold your place here and go to Romans. Here's what's happened. Here's what's happened. And, I, and it's not just in America, it's all over the world. Go to Romans chapter one. Look at Romans, the first chapter. 
And I'll show you one verse that tells you exactly what's, what's happened. Romans 1, verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind. To do those things which are not fitting. I'm not talking about the church. We know who we are. We know where we came from. We know where we're going. We know the God of, of, of our relation. We know God. We're, we're centered in life. But our culture and this world has so rejected the knowledge of God. That people are so confused today. Think about it. Even five years ago, just five years ago, you could not have believed we'd be having this conversation in America. Five, not 50 years, five years ago. What? Don't know which bathroom to go to. When people reject the knowledge of God, God, it says here, eventually will turn them over to a debased mind, a confused, a twisted mind. Our culture in America is falling apart in front of our eyes. Look at the political scene in our nation right now. It's the most confused, the most twisted, the most bizarre we've ever seen before. You've got one man running for president who's a billionaire, who's never had office, who knows nothing about government. Now, listen, I'm not for or against anybody. I'm just because I'm going to bash everybody before it's over. You have a man who understands nothing about governing. He has no foreign policy because he, he doesn't know anything about foreign policy. He doesn't know anything. So all he can do is just get up and insult people. Make faces, stir people up, play on their anger and their frustration. We have a, a Republican party that is so divided and so split. People are up in arms about the rules that have always existed. You get over in the, in the Democratic party, it's no better. It's divided. You have a, a front runner who's impending. Uh, uh, she's got a, uh, 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 what do you call it? A indictment impending. She could go to prison. She's done far more than other people who have been judged and sent to prison. I'm telling you the truth. On the other hand, you have a socialist. A communist, socialist, I don't know. I know, there's, I know they're not the same, but they're cousins. Amen. I mean, I heard one pundit on TV saying, you know, we don't know if Donald Trump can get all the Republicans, but there's a good chance that all of the, that all of the uh, uh, Sanders supporters, will co- will, a lot of them will come over for Trump. Here you got a venture capitalist, capitalist attracting the votes of the socialist. What in the world's going on in this nation? We 
they don't know what's going on. The very foundation that this nation was built upon, the values have been trashed. The traditions have been mocked. Our, our freedoms are threatened. What are we going to do? I mean, what in the world? We, we're, we're at a crisis time in our nation. But I'm going to read you something. This will this, help you a lot. Go over to Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4. There was a king in Babylon and his name was Nebuchadnezzar. And God allowed him to sit upon the throne of the mightiest nation on earth. And let me tell you, it was not a democracy. There were no parties. There were no votes. There was not a Senate and a house. The people had no say. He was an absolute ruler. Not, not like rulers we know today. He was an absolute ruler. And he, in his kingdom was the, was the most vast and the most powerful in, on, on, on the earth. God gave him majesty, wealth, power, and glory. But you know what? His heart was lifted up. He refused to acknowledge God's blessing. Everything he had was because of God. But he refused to acknowledge it. One day he had a dream. And uh, he didn't know the interpretation of that dream. And part of the dream is that he saw a tree. And it was cut down. Verse number 14, he cried aloud and said, chop down the tree and cut off its branches, strip out off its leaves and scatter the fruit, lest the beasts get out from under it and the birds from its branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump and the root in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze. Let the tender grass of the field, let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him, him graze with the beast on the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from that of a man. Let him be given the heart of a beast and let seven times pass over him. Well, he, he dreamed this dream. He didn't know what it meant. But he remembered there was a young man in the kingdom who had a reputation of, of being able to interpret dreams and visions. He had a reputation of someone uh, that had the spirit of the living God in him. So he sent for Daniel. And Daniel came and he said in, in the latter part of verse 19, my Lord, may the dream concern those who hate you and its interpretation concern your enemies. The tree that you saw, which grew and became strong, whose height reached to the heavens and which could not be seen by all the earth, whose leaves were lovely and its fruit abundant and which was food for all under which the beast of the field, field dwelt and in whose branches the birds of the heaven had their home. It is you, O king, you have grown and become strong for your greatness has grown and reached to the heavens 
and your dominion to the end of the earth. And inasmuch as the king saw a catcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave its stump and roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field, let it be wet with the dew, graze, the dew from heaven, let him graze with the beast of the field until seven times pass over. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord, the king. They shall drive you from men. Your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field, and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. They shall wet you with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over you till you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whom Ever he chooses. A little, t- little bit of time went by. Verse 28 says, All this came upon, upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of the 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, Is, it, is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power? And for the honor of my majesty, while the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you. They shall drive you from men and your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like an oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. This great king who thought he was so powerful on his own thought he had done something great. He became totally insane and was driven from men and lived out in the wild just crawling around on the earth on all fours like a beast until his hair had grown out and his nails had, had grown out and just, just laying out under, the, under the, the, uh, the skies at night wet with the dew of heaven. The former king, Nebuchadnezzar, is a raving, wild, crazy madman. Verse 34, at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom is from generation to generation. Well, he was restored. He was restored when he came to his senses and acknowledged that there's a God in heaven who rules over the affairs of men. Now we know through the church that God rules over the affairs of man through the prayers of the church. God does nothing in this world unless the church intercedes and prays. 
But by the prayer and the intercession at this time of Daniel, God interceded and intervened in the affairs of man and, and how quickly it changed. Overnight, while the words were still in his mouth, when the glory and the majesty of his kingdom was still evident all about, he suddenly saw the hand of God. Well, you know what? You would think people would learn. But his son came along later, chapter five, Belshazzar, the king made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in the presence of thousands. While he tasted the wine, Belshazzar gave the command to bring the gold and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple which had been in Jerusalem that the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought the gold vessels that had been taken from the temple of the house of God which had been in Jerusalem. And the king and his lords and his wives and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze and iron, wood and stone. In the same hour, the fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the walls of the king's palace. The king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance changed. <laughs> There's a lot in that statement. Then the king's countenance changed. That old prideful look, that old mocking attitude that I'm king and I can do anything I want to do and, and I can exploit people and I can exploit laws and I can, I can make laws and I can do anything I want to do. It says his countenance changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his hips were loosed and his knees knocked against each other. <laughs> whole lot of shaking going on. <laughs> Hallelujah. King, King cried aloud, bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, the soothsayers. But you know, with that, they weren't able to interpret the dream. Finally, somebody said, that, you know, there, there's, a, there's a man named Daniel of the captives that your father brought over from Jerusalem. And I've heard that the spirit of God is in him. So anyway, he, he brings him. Daniel answered and he gave him all of these. He says, I've heard that you can give interpretations and explain enigmas. Now, if you can read the writing, I'm reading in verse 16, if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. He still thinks he's in charge. Daniel answered and said to the king, let your gifts be for another and give your rewards. To, let, let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to somebody else. Yet I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. O king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, a kingdom and majesty, glory and honor. And because of the majesty that he gave him, all peoples, nations and languages trembled and feared before him. Whomever he wished, he executed. Whomever he wished, he kept alive. Whomever he wished, he set up. Whomever he wished, he put down. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne and they took his glory from him. 
Then he was driven from the sons of men. His heart was made like the beast and his dwelling was made was with the wild donkeys. They fed him with grass like oxen and his body was wet with the dew from heaven till he knew that the most high God rules in the kingdom of men and appoints and appoints over it whomever he chooses. But you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, although you knew all this. And you have lifted up yourself against the Lord of heaven. They have brought the vessels of his house before you, and you and your lords, your lords, your wives, your concubines, have, have drunk wine from them. And you, have, and you have praised the gods of silver and gold, bronze and iron, wood and stone, which do not see or hear or know. And the God who holds your breath in his hands and who owns all your ways you have not glorified. Then the finger of the hand were sent from him and his writing was written. And this is the inscription that was written. He goes on to tell you the first thing. God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Secondly, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. And third, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Belshazzar gave the command and they clothed Daniel with purple and put a chain of gold around his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be third in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, was slain and Darius the Mede received the kingdom being about 32 years old. Here's my point. We need, we need to be aware, God, uh, church, that, that we still serve that same God. He has the power to put down and to raise up. In our own nation, in our own nation, we've seen times in our own history where God has supernaturally intervened in the affairs of our nation and, and absolutely uh, prevented certain destruction. It's happened more than once. And it happened because the church prayed. During World War II, the Americans and the Allies together made enough mistakes in strategy and battle to have lost World War II. And God turned things around. We look at our situation today and it's easy to, 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 to fret and think, well, I don't know what we're gonna do. Everything's, I'm gonna tell you something. Belshazzar went to dinner one night, king. And before the sun came up the next morning, his kingdom had been taken from him and somebody else had been installed. Overnight, God can do it again. We're, we're, church, we are at a time in our history where, where if there's ever been a time when we needed God to supernaturally intervene and to do something in our nation, it's right now. Hallelujah. It can happen. I don't care how haughty people are. I don't care how drunk with power people are. I don't, I don't care how much they mock God. I don't care how confused people are and, and want to take people in all kinds of, of directions of, of just insanity. God can straighten it out. Amen. 
Somebody, the friend, an old friend of mine texted me last night, well, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And what do you think about, you know, Rubio? What's he going to do? And what, what, you know, what's Casey going to I, I said, I don't know. I, it's beyond anything I've ever seen before. But I know this, Belshazzar went to dinner king, and before the night was over, Darius was king. God changed everything overnight. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, if the church will pray, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will move. I, in these days in which you live, I will move by my spirit and I will do what man cannot do. What cannot be accomplished by political process, I can do in a night, says the Lord. So seek my face. Trust me, says the Lord God. Do not put confidence in men, put confidence in me. For I raise up and I bring down and I establish and I uproot. And if you'll trust me in these days in which you live, if you will pray and ask and put confidence and faith in my hand, I'll do the impossible in your nation and you'll see a mighty miracle, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Oh, glory to God. People can threaten. There's a whole lot of threatening going on. There's a whole lot of hand wringing going on. My hands are not one of them. I'm not wringing my hands. I'm not concerned. I'm not troubled. it, it, It would be easy to be. I'm a little disgusted, but I'm not troubled. There's a difference. But I'm gonna tell you what. I believe the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in this nation uh, will rise up in this hour and begin to seriously pray for the direction and for the, or for the soul of this country. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. That's my message. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, let's just stand up for a minute. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Just pray with me for a few minutes. Father, our, our nation needs help. We need help, Father. We need divine intervention. We need you to move, Father. Not our will, but your will be done. Not our plans, your plans. Not our, not our understanding, Father, but your understanding. Not what we think and believe, but what you see from heaven, from what you understand from your vantage point that we don't see. Father, we want your will to be done. We want you to move and have your way, Father. It's not about politics anymore. It's not about party affiliation. It's not about what we think. Father, what is your, what is your will? Father, do what you want to do. Do what needs to be done in this nation, Father. Oh, sepekra east. Praham, Ramana, Ramana, Previa, Terra, Davi, Jisdava, Lobosikai. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know that, that verse from Second Chronicles, it just occurred to me. When we read that verse, and people quote that verse, if my people who are called by name will humble themselves and, and, and pray, we put the emphasis on the praying. We, everybody's, we got to do more pray. We just got to pray. We got to pray. Listen, the emphasis is on humbling ourselves. That's what's ha- that's what there's not enough of in our in our nation. That's not that's what there's not enough of in the church. He said, "If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, stop being so prideful." Amen. Amen. Thinking we have the answer. We know what to do. I'll be the first one to admit, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the answer is or what the answers are. That's the first step in humbling yourself is come down off your high horse. Back off just a little bit from your political persuasion, just a little bit, and acknowledge you really don't know what you're talking about. You really don't know what's wrong. You really don't know what the problems are. You really don't know what the solutions are. Let's just humble ourselves and admit we don't know what to do. But God knows. God knows. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.